Good morning. It's a big day in Loudon. Today is Give Choose, Loudon's annual 24 hours of giving for charity. For Tuesday, May 1st, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. You and thousands of other people listen to the Morning Minute every day. It's trusted, it's personal, and you take it with you wherever you go. So if you've got a business, why not advertise on the Morning Minute and reach the thousands of people listening right alongside you wherever they are? Get in touch at loudonnow.com slash advertise or email us at sales at loudonnow.com. That's loudonnow.com slash advertise or sales at loudonnow.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. Yes, today is Give Choose, the annual 24-hour fundraiser for charities in Loudoun. It's run by the Community Foundation for Loudoun and Northern Fauquier Counties. So I sat down with the executive director of the Community Foundation, Amy Owen. Today is Give Choose, Loudoun's annual day of giving, and I'm here with Amy Owens, executive director of the Community Foundation for Loudoun and Northern Fauquier Counties. Hi, Amy. Delighted to be here. So let's talk about what we're doing today. This is an all-day, 24-hour event for you guys. It's a charitable crowdfunding event, the best of any kind of crowdfunding event. It is that. And uh, let's see, so you, this year there's 65 charities, is that right? That's right. And tell me how long, Give Choose has been around Four years now? Five? 2014 was the first year, so this is the fifth year that we've celebrated Give Choose. And uh, tell me about how it's grown since then. Well, the very first year we had about 40 charities and raised just over 60,000. Last year, those charities increased and raised 222,000. So let's see if we can continue to pop that (laughs) up this year. As I read it, you guys have 65 charities this year. And since 2014, you've raised $600,000 for nonprofits. That's that's what it's turned into their into their daily missions. Yeah. So, uh, how many? Uh, tell me about some of the nonprofits that are involved in this. This is a very broad-based thing. It's very broad-based. In fact, it, whatever your charitable values, you're going to find a nonprofit that represents them there. If you um, if you're like my sister and you carry cat food in your car because you love cats and animals, there are there are great animal organizations there. If you're worried about childhood health, adult health, um, arts and culture. Conservation, you're going to find nonprofits there that, that resonate for you. And this year, is this the first year that we've had this prize pool? We've always had a prize pool, but it's never been to the $25,000 mark, so there's a lot more at stake for the nonprofits. And we have a bunch of folks to thank, a lot of sponsors to thank for that prize pool, but that helps incentivize folks and we hope bring in new donors into the community. Yeah, so tell me about that. A bunch of uh, businesses in the community have gotten together and, and pooled their resources for they, this. How does the prize pool work? They, they have. So they have entrusted the Community Foundation to set up a, um, a system to award those prizes, and we do it hourly. And we've stratified it so the smaller nonprofits are not competing against the large nonprofits. And then there's different prizes. For instance, a charity could win that prize because they got the most donors that hour, or maybe it's the most dollars. So it's going to vary. If you're really curious, stay tuned to the Community Foundation's Facebook page, and you'll see how we award those each each hour. 
early giving's been going on for a while, uh, but it is sort of a competition. Uh, there will be hourly, and I think, or maybe every two hours, prizes from the prize pool, I it, guess. And it does vary. It's sort of based on peak usage on, mm -hmm. on Facebook. So, yeah, and you can go to the website, givechoose.org, and check out what we refer to as the leaderboard. And that shows you the big number for the whole campaign, and then you can also see what each charity has raised for their work. And just one more time, then, if you want to participate in Gift Choose, if you want to do your part to help out, what, what can people do? All it takes is $10 or more. Go to givechoose.org, choose your charity, and make your gift. Well, Amy Owens, thanks so much for taking a couple minutes to talk to us today. Thank you very much. And good luck today. Thank you. Just one more time to make a donation, visit givechoose.org. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, the Loudoun Planning Commission has voted in favor of a slightly downsized version of what county planners previously said would have been the largest gas station in Loudoun County, and the project was proposed along Route 15 just south of Point of Rocks Bridge. The property is right across the street from the cigarette outlet. It was originally proposed as a 5,600-square-foot convenience store accompanied by 12 gas pumps with 24 refueling stations. The owners have since revised that down to 20 refueling stations, one of them being diesel for agricultural equipment. Visit Loudoun has partnered with the owners to promote Loudoun County businesses and products at the station. At a previous public hearing on the proposal, Walsh, Colucci, Lubley, and Walsh PC managing shareholder Randy Minchu said the store would have 100 square feet set aside to showcase products from Loudoun County, along with a pollinator garden, two electric vehicle charging stations, solar panels in the fuel pump canopy, a small dog park, and a tree conservation area. The owners of the property have also made an agreement with Visit Loudoun to donate $25,000 to create an app to map out and tie together rural businesses in western Loudoun. But county planners oppose the application because of its scale and because it falls into the county's rural policy area. The application has also faced opposition from the public, including a petition with more than 100 signatures. That petition points to the already heavy congestion on Route 15 and how close the gas station would be to the Potomac River. Planning commissioners, however, argued the proposal is better than the alternative. Back in 1988, the county approved a plan for up to 8,000 square feet of retail. The owner's representatives have said that would be another cigarette outlet. Sterling Commissioner Dan Lloyd said the county is growing and should accept that fact. Only Catoctin District Commissioner Eugene Scheel voted against the application. He said a commercial venture of that type is not appropriate for the area's rural historic setting. This now goes to the Board of Supervisors for another public hearing and a vote. The school board has voted to create a 19-member special education panel to take a closer look at how public schools are serving special education students. The vote comes several weeks after the school system faced criticism for how it treated special education students, including shutting them in isolation rooms for hours at a time. School board chairman Jeff Morse said the new committee will be charged with, quote, reviewing policies, practices, and procedures so we can determine ways to improve our services to the special needs community, end quote. Of those 13 members, three school board members, six school system staff members selected by Superintendent Eric Williams, three parents of special needs students, one member of the Gifted Advisory Committee, one member from the Minority Student Achievement Advisory Committee, two members from the Special Education Advisory Committee, two past chairpersons from that committee, SEAC as it's known, and one certified behavior analyst. The behavior analyst cannot be employed by the school system or contract with any Loudoun County Public Schools parents.
Board member Debbie Rose suggested that last member. She said a professional in the industry unconnected to the school system brings a well-rounded perspective to the conversation. Morse said it's not an accident that the majority of people on the committee will be parents instead of school board members or school employees. School board member Tom Marshall opposed creating the committee, arguing it's not needed because the board already receives an annual report from the Special Education Advisory Committee. He also said students receiving special education services are on individualized education plans, which he said puts all of the responsibility on the schools and teachers and none on the parents or students. He went on to say that some students, quote, outrageous behavior has resulted in them moving schools without any input from the principals. That comment drew rebuke from several other board members. Anyway, this committee is supposed to report back to the school board with its recommendations no later than November 30th. And the prosecutors and investigators who finally closed a murder case from 1988 with a conviction last week say the verdict was the result of multiple years-long investigations and the cooperation of dozens of witnesses. A Loudoun jury found Timothy W. Warnick guilty of first-degree murder and robbery in the death of Henry E. Ricky Ryan. After hearing five days of testimony and deliberating for two days, the jury recommended life in prison and a $100,000 fine for murder, the maximum sentence, plus another five years for robbery. Senior Assistant Commonwealth's Attorney Ryan Perry said bringing those charges and presenting enough evidence to convict Warnick was a team effort between the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office Cold Case Unit, the more than 20 witnesses who testified, and the county's Victim Witness Program. The case had sat cold for years when former Loudoun County Sheriff's Office Detective Mark McCaffrey reopened the investigation in 2009. He spent the next four years working the case, and he said on the stand last week that he had pinned Warnick as the prime suspect, but Commonwealth's attorney Jim Plowman wanted to find out more about a third unknown man that witnesses said was in the truck with Warnick and Ryan the last time Warnick was seen alive, before he would file charges. We still don't know who that was. Unable to find that man, McCaffrey said he was at a standstill. If that name sounds familiar, by the way, McCaffrey is one of the former employees who sued Sheriff Mike Chapman for wrongful termination. The sheriff's office reopened the investigation again in 2015. Three years earlier, Sheriff Chapman had established the office's cold case unit, which tackles old, unsolved cases with new technology. During that time, investigators heard new information from the witnesses, some of whom said Warnick confessed to killing Ryan. Warnick was indicted in June of 2016, and his sentencing is set for later this month. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com. On today's calendar, it's Give Choose. Head on over to givechoose.org, pick your charity, make a donation of $10 or more, and watch the leaderboard to see who's collecting those hourly prizes. Again, it's givechoose.org. Get the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, donate to a charity in the name of the podcast and get all your friends to donate with you and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great day.